guys hello and welcome back i'm jojo fraser it's time for a mojo injection episode 57 we're all in i'm all in hope you're all in um hope you're doing okay so my first book was described by many as a warm hug um, which i love and i'm still getting feedback and it feels old to me now but it's not even a year old um but believe me when i say that i am going to inject you with a massive natural hit of oxytocin with all the content i've got coming up for you be it books podcasts um speaking gigs i just want to get hard in here um And I always say each week for this to happen, I need your help because it's not about me, it's about you. It's about how you read, how you listen through your lens and a lens that isn't really any of my business, but I want to help. And I know that when we stay curious and we have an open mind, it does help. And I want to connect with you because we are still in a disconnected world. Many people are distracting themselves rather than taking the time to get to know themselves. And we're judging we're we're kind of living our life through our our lines and when we open up that lines a bit that's when the magic really does happen um, in my experience and all the people that I speak to there's patterns you know I've been researching I've been in mental health and happiness research for five years now so I I know my stuff and I am fascinated by all the latest findings and some of it's quite frightening and some of it's really challenging But I want to share what I can and and with my own spin on it and try and keep this as relatable and current as possible for you. So let's jump in. And it's been a good week. We had some debates on BBC. I loved bringing the mojo to that and just being honest. Um, It's easy to say things you won't, you know, you think people will like to hear. But I think when you're just honest, as long as you've got the right intention. And I shared a quote on Facebook, actually, which was interesting. It was about, um, at Jojo Fraser Mojo, it was about people going to therapy. And a lot of people go to therapy to deal with people in their life that won't go to therapy. And it's really interesting because, you know, these people say, I'm fine, I don't need therapy. See the ones that say that often the ones that need it and there's nothing to be ashamed of let's remove the stigma of therapy because we're in a crisis here and we need to do more and we're doing more and it's getting better and it's getting better but we need to do a lot more too so my challenge to you is just yeah if you need help speak talk share get support and if you feel judged well speak to someone else keep going there's amazing people out there there are a lot of them coming on here I mean 57 episodes in and I'm so blown away by how honest people have been on here and what a space we've created and people are obviously connecting um, which is great and I'm all about connection so I want to speak to you about this episode so it's with a guy called Rob Begg and Rob was mentored by if you're into self-development you're going to love this Bob Proctor um, and he's had some amazing, you know, his website, robertbegg.com, has had some amazing uh, feedback. Things like, I've grown my profits by almost 400% and lost 20 pounds. A lot of his feedback does sound a bit like, yeah, whatever, too good to be true. But actually, when I spoke to Rob, and I'm really quite, um, not hard on him, but I, I fire a lot of tricky questions his way. And he's really challenged me. And a couple of my favourite lines from this episode. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience, I agree. Um, but he said, I was a human doing, and now I'm a human being. Yes, there's power in those words. Are you a human doing? Are you living your life on autopilot? I did a poll this week about people knowing their personal values. I didn't really think about mine until I had coaching um, on the run-up to launching my book. And 
these questions are big questions and sometimes it feels we're too busy to take the time but figuring them out is so important um, do you know who you are do you know your values I'd love some feedback on this um, our subconscious mind is very powerful and we go deep today so I'm really glad you're here you're going to enjoy it you're going to get a lot from it um, so just sit back relax or keep walking keep doing what you do keep driving be safe be present be focused and enjoy this week's mojo injection thank you for being here guys great to have you here so thank you for coming oh, thank you for inviting me great to be here oh, i'm really excited to talk more about mindset and a bit about your life and lessons and um and just yeah it's great to have you yeah. here so great no, <laughs> so we've met before and i know you do a lot of courses and um it'd be great to hear more about that but let's start with the place before you got into all of this mindset stuff what sure. were you doing and how was your state of mind yeah, great. So, great question. So, I think my, my journey into this world began probably about 2005 mm-hmm. when I kind of came to terms with the fact that I was quite badly stuck. Okay. You know, I had a business and a young family, quite a successful business, but I couldn't get it to where I wanted to get it. And also, a lot of my identity, I, you know, I attached to my business and I got myself a bit stuck and I turned to the world of self help mm-hmm. and I read literally hundreds of books. Uh, also, I mean, any number of books, um, starting, I think, I think the first book I read, and I'll, I'll be honest, when somebody said, are you into personal development? I, I actually didn't even really know what that meant. You know, I've been on training courses and stuff, but that was all about business and, but, um, how to win friends and influence, uh, I can't even remember the title now. Influence people. Uh, influence yeah. people. People love um, that book, don't they? Yeah. That was the first book and it started me on a path of reading hundreds of books in an attempt to. I guess in an attempt to try and feel better about myself, but also get a better outcome and work out where I was going wrong or what was wrong with me. And yeah. 2009, I sold my business. I decided I had enough. And I'd got a lot of intellectual knowledge from the books, but never really managed to get what I was looking for. Um, so I spent 20 odd years running a couple of successful businesses. And then in 2009, I decided, right, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I dug myself into quite deep hole of depression, really. But, you know, uh, men being men and Scotland being Scotland to some degree and you bump into people you know or who you do business with and they ask you how you are and of course the default response the ingrained response is yeah I'm great I'm fine you know how are you uh, but I really wasn't fine but it kind of in those days it didn't feel like it was okay to tell people that you weren't fine yes but in 2009 I decided I had enough sold my business and got out and uh I guess that was the real turning point in terms of leading me into what I now do. Um, I trained as a business coach and consultant, spent eight or nine years coaching businesses and working with individuals. And often the issue really, although the issue looked like it was a business issue, you track it back to source and the issue was usually with the individual and usually what was going on in terms of their thinking. Um, So, so yeah, that led me really into the the journey I'm now on. Wow. yeah. Crazy. So tell us about this journey and how it's developed and the inspiration. Yeah, so um, I guess for since, as I say, since 2005, realising uh, realizing I was quite badly stuck, um, I'd gathered a lot of information intellectually but wasn't able to really deploy it to best effect. And by chance, I had a conversation one evening with a guy I was working with in Canada. Mm-hmm. 
And he said, oh, you should speak to a friend of mine. He's friendly with a guy called Bob Proctor. Mm-hmm. Who we all, many of us all know. Yeah, and I said, well, I, I know that name. Um, uh, I said, I'm sure I've read a couple of his books. And sure enough, there were a couple of his books in my library um, uh, that I'd either bought or not read. You know, I was quite yeah. good at shelf help, as they say. Quite yeah. good at, you know, I was addicted to buy more books, thinking the answer was sitting in the next book. Yes. And quite often I'd buy a couple of books and I'd half read one before going on the path of another. So anyway, I found a couple of Bob's books and um, I thought, well, he can't still be alive. And if he's still alive, he must be like 120 by now. And if he's still working, then he can't be doing any, he can't be doing any good. So I'm not sure I want to really take advice from someone that's still working at that age and doesn't. Um... So anyway, it turned out I was wrong. He, was, he wasn't 120, he's 85 at his next birthday and he is still working, but he's only working because he loves it. And yes. he's, he's been hugely successful. In fact, he's consider the number one authority I believe in the world on on human potential and success so yeah he's so I mean yeah yeah great reputation yeah yeah and uh so fortuitously I got connected to somebody who'd been mentored by Bob and I was on the call to him one night and he got Bob on the call he said I'm really close to Bob he got Bob on the call and that was the start of the journey Bob said to me what what his first question was well what do you want Rob and literally within 20 seconds of him being patched into the call, he said, well, what is it you want? And I thought he was being a bit like like I disturbed him or he'd been disturbed. I thought, that's a bit kind of... So he put me on the back foot and I said, well, I don't know what you mean. He said, well, what do you want from your life? And I said, well, I think part of my problem is I'm not really too sure. And he said, well, that is part of your problem if you don't know. Mm-hmm. He said, but most people don't know. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, if, if you were to articulate it now, what is it you want? And I said, well, time and financial freedom, doing work I love, helping other people in a nutshell. And I don't really know where that answer came from, but it was there. And that, that's kind of what I've been doing for the last eight years, business coaching. And then he said, what's the most you've ever earned in a year? And that really had me on the back foot. I thought, well, why is he asking me that? Why is that, why is that even relevant? Uh, so I asked him why he was asking. He said, to be honest, he said, I'm not really interested in your answer. I'm interested in how you're programmed around money. Because what I'm fairly certain of is that whatever you have earned is not what you've been wanting to earn. It's what you're programmed to earn. So he had my attention. And he said, uh, if you do what I say for the next six months, if you work with Arash, who has been through the program, uh, if you work with Arash and do what he says for the next six months, uh, you can have exactly what you want and you can earn more in a month than you've ever earned in a year. And at that point, my, I don't know whether it's okay to swear on the yeah, podcast, but yeah. at that point, my bullshitometer went off. Yeah, you were like, And, um, you know, being a kind of Scottish... Um, Presbyterian kind of guy brought up in you know to get ahead you've got to work hard and all that stuff my bullshitometer went off and I you know the call came to an end but it left me with a kind of residue of thinking well would that really be possible so long story short I realized my my way wasn't working I wasn't doing any good in terms of relative to where I wanted to get to so I went into it and I worked with Arash for six months and month five I was feeling better, working less hard than I'd ever worked and earned more money in month five than I'd earned in the previous 12 months. And the key thing was I felt so much better too. You know, mentally I was in just a far better, more robust place than I'd ever been. And uh, I thought, well, I'd love to learn how to how to teach this material. So I then decided that I wanted to train and certify as a consultant to learn this material. And that's now my primary focus, helping people change their lives through the application of this material. And uh, 
What does about, they call it then? Uh, the program I, I lead a couple of the premium programs. The one I uh, primary program I lead clients through is called Thinking to Results, and I bring I add some bells and whistles into that based on my own experience and my life as a business coach. So I I kind of package it up around a around the Thinking to Results program. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but the premise of it is it starts with working out what it is we want. Yeah. And mo- most people don't ever stop to connect with what they really want. Mm-hmm. They're often living out what they think they should want or what someone else thinks they should want. Right. So people become and this is not this is not a judgment call on anybody who's a you know banker or a lawyer or an accountant, but it's quite common for bankers and lawyers and accountants to become bankers, lawyers and accountants because their father was a banker, lawyer or accountant and there's a profession that you should go into that's you know serve you well and, and all the rest of it. And absolutely I'm sure it serves a lot of people, but I met a lot of people in professions that they've gone into because of beliefs that that's what they should do rather than that's what they really want. What they really want. So how do we um, know what we really want? What are the signals when we are, like, just say we're in a job and we're, we're earning a lot of money or we're, you know, we're not miserable, but we're not sure, like, what? Yeah, well, I think there's a, there are a number of things. There, there's... Many of us live with an internal kind of, um, I don't know what you, how you term it, an internal um, discomfort of some degree. Yeah. You know, and it varies perhaps from one day to the next or whatever, but there's, a, there's something in us that is not quite maybe as we would like it to be in terms of how we feel. Yeah. What I've come to understand is that that's the spirit within us seeking greater expression, yes. seeking for us to step into who we truly are rather than what we think think we are who we think we are because yes. what's holding us back is not who we are it's who we think we're not so that discomfort is is the the, the part of us that it, that is capable of being and doing and having so much more seeking to be expressed in the world and yet we get in our own way and I, I certainly did that for a lot of my life you know I had this conscious belief and conscious desire to to be more do more have more give more and all the rest of it but I couldn't tap into it yeah so Working out what we really want is, it's a, it's a process rather than an event, but we have to really get ourselves out of our own way mm-hmm. and consider, well, how, what kind of life do we, do we really want to live? And the, the trick, Joe, is being uncondi- having that vision unconditioned by how. Because okay. actually, most of us set goals based on what we know how to achieve, mm-hmm. think we can achieve. But we never set goals that we've no idea how to achieve. And yeah, actually, that's, that's, that's where the magic happens. And what happens for us mentally, we set a goal for something that we've no idea how to achieve. And then our subconscious programming, conditioning kicks in and goes, well, who are you to think you could ever be, do or have that? Uh-huh. Or, well, if you can't work out, if you can't see your way to doing it, if you can't work out how to do it, then you best, best rein that in and do something that's inverted commas more realistic. Yes. Very and and we'll all be familiar with those those course, thoughts yeah. and voices. Anything you know, I want to write a book. Well, publishers don't reply to people, or you know, you have yeah. all those yeah. thoughts in your head. And yeah, or we speak to someone else about what we want, and then we get flooded with other people's opinions, of and they're course. the cheapest things to come by, aren't they? That everyone's mm-hmm. got one mm-hmm. uh, based on their own thoughts or experience or conditioning and so on. So we 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 put a, a lid on our dream and cover it up, and you know, live live to some degree. Uh, a very compromised existence as a result and yet we live with this internal knowing Mm -hmm. 
that there's more within us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, what do you believe that place is? Do you believe we have a soul, do or do you believe it's purely from the mind? I believe, which is something that that uh, I, I now really believe it. I used I used to kind of buy into it intellectually, and I really believe it. And uh, I'm now unafraid of saying it. Whereas for after believing it for a while, I wouldn't necessarily come out and say it. But I believe we've got it the wrong way around. Mm-hmm. I believe that we are spiritual beings yeah. having a physical experience. Mm-hmm. And when I say that. Um, you know, I, you know, people talk about spirituality and all the rest of it, and I think a lot of people that talk about spirituality aren't necessarily. Well, you say, well, can you can you talk to me for twenty minutes about what spirituality is? Mm-hmm. I think you get a million different opinions from a million different people, um, and I'm not saying my view of the world is is right or anything. But how I've come to understand it is, I believe we're surrounded by a universal intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, that religion labels as God or Buddha or whatever, but there's some greater intelligence that exists, mm-hmm. something that causes an acorn to turn into an oak tree. Or, yeah. um, But we have the ability as human beings to, to tap into this universal intelligence, call that thought energy. Thoughts exist in in the ether, and we can, we can originate any thought we want, any idea we want. Mm-hmm. And we're able to do that because we've got intellectual faculties that are the only things that differentiate us from other animals on the planet mm-hmm. so my my pet dog your cat if you're a dog if you've got one it can it's got sensory factors it can see hear smell taste and touch yeah it doesn't have intellectual faculties that allow it to tap into thought energy originate an idea choose and choose what it wants to think mm-hmm. choose what it doesn't want to think choose to accept or reject someone else's opinion or idea mm-hmm. And then impress that on the subconscious to move the body into action to make it happen. Uh, and um, I can't even remember your original question now, but just uh, the soul and the. So, do you think a lot of the problems come from our intellect, or? I think we're, it comes from our programming. Right. You know, so okay. we're genetically programmed. Mm-hmm. You know, we're genetically programmed in terms of how we look, how tall we are, uh-huh. the color of our eyes, and so on. And whilst we can't change necessarily change how short or tall we are, what colour our eyes or hair is. Um, we're also genetically programmed in terms of some of our beliefs that we come into the world with. So if we've had four or five generations that have lived through hard times and have passed on beliefs around money, uh-huh. how hard it is to earn, and we've been, you know, that then on some level we're, that we're genetically programmed with that messaging. Now we can change all of that. Yeah. And then we're environmentally conditioned at a young age. So, you know, if we're lying in our cradle, we've not got a formed conscious mind or we're, our subconscious is wide open and we're, we're literally, be, uh, and we're, we're designed that way because we've got to learn how to operate in the world. And if we had to learn everything consciously, yeah. we just never get going. If we had to learn consciously how to walk and how to talk and all the rest of it, uh, we'd be forever at it. So we, we're, we're operating really through a kind of process of hypnosis. So we're growing up around negative messaging from our parents, from early childhood influencers, if we're told that we're never going to amount to anything, the only way to get ahead is to work hard, money doesn't grow in trees, money's hard to earn, you know, all that going into our subconscious that we start to become conditioned and programmed and then it plays out in our life. It dictates our our thinking and so on. I can see it. I, I can see it in people. And, you know, they say, oh, you're becoming your mum, you're becoming your dad, you're becoming that yeah. person. And you go, can you break that cycle, please? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And we, we have the ability to do it. We just need to learn how to use our faculties, which are, 
which as I've come to understand them are, are like mental muscles. Mm-hmm. So they're they're all there, but ironically we're never we're never taught about them at school. In fact, often we're taught to put them away. You know, when we're when we're kids, we we dream about you know we play and we be when I grow up I'm going to be a fireman or I'm going to be this or that, and then our parents tell us to get realistic or. Right. Or teachers tell us to stop daydreaming and pay attention to, but you know, school, school never. Whoever got taught how to earn money in school? Whoever got taught how to make a decision in school? Yeah, um, I know. You know, we get taught some valuable information, but does it support us to really get out of life what we want to get? I, I would suggest not. Powerful. So, with the course, is the objective to make money? Is it about? like what what is the objective is it focusing on making money or is it focusing on happiness is it because what if someone comes to you and says well i don't care about money yep um well they're usually the ones that don't have any <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's a great question no it's and that's funny enough it's never really about the money people often think it's about the money but it's usually what the money will enable freedom but freedom is sits at the heart of what we all want time and oh. money freedom and also you know it's funny my brother was in a business trip to Japan and he sent us this lovely image of him in this beautiful whatever lounge he was in and uh, then there was this other picture that someone had sent in the chat of a, a woman on a budget airline like crammed she was overweight and she was crammed in and she couldn't even get the tree down <laughs> saying, you know to me that's freedom it's you know to be able to do that and, and yeah. it doesn't always seem fair that well some people would have to be absolutely cramped up and uncomfortable and then you've got people sipping champagne and getting the best service yes but that's kind of the way the world is isn't it yeah well it's the way you know i, I i've come to believe that our our world largely and i get this is perhaps a bit controversial so you know maybe it would need to be backed up with a conversation but you know that our reality is a function of how we view the world our results in life are often you know they're typically a function of our habitual way of thinking yeah okay. um but uh to to wheel back to your question the, the program is really it's just about firstly helping people understand what it is they really want mm-hmm. and for some people that's a two-week, three-week process, supporting them to get out their own way. You know, I've got a client overseas that, when I first asked her that question, her default response is, well, my husband thinks I should get a job. You know, what do you want? Well, my husband thinks I should get a job. No, 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 not what your husband thinks you should do or your husband wants for you. What do you really want? What she really wanted was to follow her passion and start her own business. Yeah. And if you... If she carried on pleasing the husband, um, she carried on, you know, living her life. So, well, this is what my husband wants. Yeah, then she's is she going to be happy and fulfilled and all the rest of it? And th- therefore, is her husband going to experience the best of her? It yeah. might be might be satisfying his desire for her because you know he's there's some, some more money coming in and a little less pressure on him. But she, the, the, they're more likely to have a happier, more enriched life if they're both doing work they love, and they're more likely to have a better outcome. Yeah. You know, financially, emotionally, as well, if they're doing work they're really passionate about. Because when you find, when you find the thing that is what you love, mm-hmm. and you're able to turn that into an income stream or turn it into your new day job, it doesn't feel like work. Yes, yeah, so. it, it doesn't. And I feel that it's funny. My husband said to me the other day, he was like, oh, "Sometimes I just wish you wanted to be a housewife, where you would." tidy the place and you would just do everything and I said yeah but it's not I know I, I thought at one point yeah that's amazing um 
putting out, I was saying, well, no, because that hurts my soul. Yeah. Like, I need to be doing more. Yeah. Um, and then you'll sort of say, oh, but, you know, well, you're not, because he's earning more money at the moment, and I, I've got all these visions, and it's, you know, some months you could be getting a lot in, and then others it can go, it depends what you're doing. Like, for example, this podcast, sometimes I get sponsorship, but it's not not consistent, whereas okay. some people would maybe get paid a fortune to the, do the podcast. So one of my visions is to really grow this, because it's got a great group of niche listeners um, who love it, to, so to really grow it and make get revenue from it too and, and give back. But then I'm thinking all those thoughts that you're talking about, well, how do I do that though? How do I, <laughs> do you know, yeah, yeah. where do you start yeah. to, to be able to, you know? Yeah, and part of the trick is is hanging on to that vision of consistent sponsorship every month. You know, Rather than what happens for us is we get sponsorship, we have a couple of good months and then while we're riding that crest, part of us is going, I'm worried about next month. They're probably not going to have any sponsorship coming in next month. And then guess what? We don't get any sponsorship next month because we've thought that into being. Yeah, okay. Although we don't connect the dots in that respect. No, so we, 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 we rationalise it or post-rationalise it and justify it and say, no, that's the way it was. It's hard to get sponsorship for it. And if uh-huh. we think something's hard, it's always going to be hard. Yeah, that's a really good point. So what if I was saying, right, okay, I've had some sponsorship this month. I'm, I'm going to get it next month too. And I went all out and I was contacting everyone. And what if, is that because, um, do you know what I mean? And really believe it was going to happen when you say it would happen. Yeah, and I think, I think that's the, that is the challenge we have is, is the difference between our conscious beliefs and our subconscious beliefs. And the subconscious ones will always, will always win out. And we're, we're so conditioned. And I, and I know for me, I was, a, I was a human doing for pretty much all my life. You know, I was just conditioned to, well, if I get up an hour earlier tomorrow, I can get to the office and get more done. I was a human doing, not a human being. Uh, and now I've come to learn that if I can connect, use my intellectual faculties to connect with a vision, to, to, uh, to sit still for as long as it takes to get myself into alignment in terms of how I feel mm-hmm. with what it is I want, mm-hmm. that, then what happens is I, I feel differently mm-hmm. and I get up and I go into my day feeling differently and I act and behave differently. It's no longer driven by fear, it's driven by love of and being connected to my dreams and goals. Yeah. And it's not, that's not an easy thing because if we're conditioned to be, if we spent a period of our life feeling a certain way, call it depressed or anxious or stressed or whatever, the, the, the odd thing is when we seek to move away from that, mm-hmm. and I know I spent years trying to meditate every morning, but when we seek to move away from that in pursuit of feeling better, we have this physiological response in our body our body actually craves, uh, we've conditioned our body to be addicted to feeling bad. Yes. So our body goes, hang on a minute, this feels different, I don't like it, give me back the old rubbish feelings, uh-huh. and we, we go back into this state of feeling depressed. Mm-hmm. And that's partly because our, our intellectual faculties aren't sufficiently well developed to allow us to stay connected to our vision, our dream, emotionally. Okay. So that the old conditioning pulls us back. Pulls us back. And that's it. why we, so many of us go through cycles of results. We, go, we, we have two or three months, oh, this is great, this is great. Uh-huh. And then the, the, the conditioning kicks in. It's like an autopilot on a plane. says, oh, you're off track relative to the conditioning. Mm-hmm. Back, back, back you go. Uh, uh, and yeah. then we tell ourselves a story that, uh, and, and we just go around in circles. And that, I spent my life doing that. It's a bit like healthy eating, you know. Someone yeah. will say, "Oh, right, I'm, I've got it sussed," and they, you know, they go on the path, 
we've all been there <laughs> and uh, you know you're feeling great and then you go all oh, right okay you maybe have a holiday and it slips a bit and then yeah. you, you start to go yeah down I mean so d- does this course stop that or yeah well it, it it changes the conditioning so you know weight loss is a great example so we we look outside of ourselves for the solution we say well if I if I eat less or I follow this diet or follow but that's all operating on on some level on on the physical plane yeah but what I've come to understand is if we're still carrying a self-image subconsciously or conditioning that we are overweight and need to lose weight Mm -hmm. and we stand in front of the mirror and go god this is this diet isn't working I need to lose weight then we're reinforcing the self-image of being overweight Mm -hmm. and because that's sits in our subconscious our Mm self-image our subconscious drives our behavior yeah so if we keep reinforcing what we don't want Mm-hmm. then we're going to behave in harmony with creating more of what we don't want. So it's like when we're on a diet, we go to a party and there's chocolate cake and we have to reach for the chocolate cake. We have a slice of chocolate cake or we have two and somebody says, I thought you were on a diet. Mm-hmm. And you say, I am. You say, well, why did you eat the chocolate cake? I don't know. I we're don't we're, know, we're not yeah. in control. Oh, so so all, that, all that diet stuff and looking to, to, to outside of ourselves for the answer is fine, you know, we... But what we need to do is put that new behavior on autopilot, not to force it, because we'll never win out over the conditioning. We need to change the conditioning. We need to change from the inside out. But we're conditioned and programmed to change from the outside in, and it's it's, it's just so much more difficult. Oh, this is interesting. Because it's funny, I, I said that. Um, Scott put some plates out of delicious food, and I was like, oh, I should really just have one one plate because I know like I'm on a good path and we're going on holiday and I'd like to wear that bikini and get into that dress and I just found myself going taking a second portion Mm. I was like why am I doing this yeah but I could stop myself exactly yeah and what what happens Joe when you I'm not turning this into an interview about you but what happens when you when you lose something let's say you lose something that's important to you or valuable for you what 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 happens is on some level, part of us is on the lookout for finding it. Mm-hmm. So if we lose our wallet or our purse or our keys, or maybe something that's not so important to us on a day-to-day basis, but something we, that, that matters, then, then we're, we're operating subconsciously. We're on the lookout for finding that. Mm-hmm. And it's the same when people talk about losing weight. Our mm-hmm. subconscious goes, well, if you've lost something, I'm going to support you to find it again. Right. So we lose two or three pounds, and we say, well, I've lost two or three pounds, and the subconscious goes... Well, I'll help you find that again, and next thing we're back two or three pounds heavier. We've got to, we've got to change our self-image. We've got to be a slim person on the inside, and then, and then we're not drawn to the foods that are going to cause us to put on weight. Right, I love it. So it's beat it. So basically, the subconscious conscious is a really, really hard thing to crack. Because you need a, you need a process, and you need to be connected to a vision of what it is you do want yeah so you need a vision and a process so this process came who wrote the process so so um it's a program that bob proctor um, has developed the program Uh, the information goes back through through history back as far as you want to go back Mm -hmm. um but you know we're just it's essentially about Work out what you really want because we're we're goal seeking organisms. You know we that's how we operate. We're and yet most people don't have clear goals, which is why they 
you know, most people are just trying to get through to Friday or pay off the mortgage or make the way, as Bob said to me, most people are tiptoeing to try and make it safely to their graves. <laughs> um, so it's work, work out what we really want and then understand how to change the programming to, to do that. So I, I lead clients through that program of changing their conditioning and changing their self-image so that their beliefs are, they see themselves and their beliefs are ingrained at a level where the new behavior and actions and habits are basically put on autopilot. Is there some discomfort along the way? Is there some fear comes up when you step out to do something you've never done before? Absolutely. But when you understand the process of growth and, and that that's a fundamental component, it, it's easier to do it. Whereas if we're trying to do it from a, you know, forcing ourselves to go to the gym, forcing ourselves to you know, not eat chocolate cake and all the rest of it, but still carrying the same subconscious conditioning and programming, it's likely to be short-lived. Yeah. Some people do succeed, but only because they've supported themselves to change the conditioning in the process. So they've maybe gone to the gym for a week, come back, looked in the mirror and gone, this is working, I'm getting slimmer, I'm going to keep at it. And, and so they're giving themselves the right messaging and they're getting emotionally involved with the messaging. So, But a very small percentage. Can do it. Can do it unassisted, yeah. Yeah, because how would it differ to hit? hypnotism then because I know sometimes that can program people to eat less or to yeah. not be scared of spiders or whatever yeah yeah absolutely and I, um but it can wear off yeah I think so and I think that there's then that you know if you go and see a hypnotist I believe they uh I went to see one for uh years ago for my sleep yeah. and I think they get some amazing results for people yeah um uh, so it's similar but this is kind of self-reliance so it's process of what's called auto-suggestion where we're able to do it to ourselves for ourselves um, for any outcome we any outcome we want whether it's our health and our weight or our income or finances or our relationships and so on so to improve relationships or what sort of stuff what can you think of well, tell, telling ourselves stories and being conscious of our telling ourselves and getting emotionally involved with stories that are in harmony with where we want our life to go Okay, right. Rather than ones that are, you know, um, that are not. So looking looking for the good rather than being focused on the bad. And of course, you know, you turn on the news, we're conditioned oh, to yeah. be on high alert for everything. bad news. Yeah, everything. <laughs> um, and when we get emotionally involved with what we're told, so if I, you know, if we turn on the news and some newsreader is saying, oh, we're going into a recession, we're going into depression, blah, 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 this is all going to happen. We, we, we have the ability to, to choose our thoughts. Mm -hmm. We can choose whether we're going to get emotionally involved in that story yeah. or we can choose to say, okay, that might be going on in the world, but I'm in charge of me, I'm in charge of my own economy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to deploy my thinking to determine what I can do to ensure that I'm going to thrive regardless because plenty of people make lots of money in recessions yeah. and plenty of people go bankrupt in great economic times. So... It's about understanding that we're in charge of us. I love it. So say I said to you, right, one of my goals is my next book is going to be a bestseller. Like, yep. it's going to go nuts. Yep. I, I believe yep. I have it in me yep. to do that. I believe yes. I have a message. I have something to say. I can write. I know from my first book reviews, people are, have really, people have called it life-changing, la, la, la. 
But the thing that's stopping me, I guess, is I don't have a massive pub. This is just me, sure. like my thoughts, so yep. call it my subconscious. So I'm thinking, right, I don't have a huge publisher. I've been pushing all the PR myself. I don't have a big budget to promote it. So I'm impacting people's life, which feels amazing. But I want to reach more people. Yep. So I'm thinking my next book is going to be amazing. But what if I get loads and loads of no? Like, you know, can this program guarantee it will happen if, other people I have to get through to get there. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because what it does is it sh- it shifts your it shifts your thinking to a a new level whereby you you don't you. Uh, I guess the easiest way to to explain it would be maybe to draw some examples. So JFK in nineteen sixty one when he said, "I want to put a man on the moon by the end of the decade." Yeah. Now, he could have come up with all sorts of reasons why that wasn't possible. I mean, I I don't know too much about rocket technology, but I don't think it was well understood. Uh, It was was an impossible dream at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, And he asked Dr. Warner Von Braun, who was a leading and eminent scientist at the time, he said, what would it take to put a man on the moon and bring him safely back to Earth? And Dr. Warner Von Braun said, the will to do it. And the will is one of our intellectual faculties. It's our ability to hold an image on the screen of our mind for a predetermined length of time. And in 1969, they put a man on the moon because they had the will to do it. Now, they had a compelling reason for doing it as well. But we can achieve anything we want if we stop letting our own thinking get in our way. When we stop saying, but how, but how. They didn't know how. The Wright brothers, when they talked about introducing man to the kingdom of flight, they were a couple of bicycle mechanics. Yeah. But they had a vision yeah. of introducing man to the kingdom of flight. I don't know how many times they failed. Thomas Edison, an incandescent light bulb. I don't know how many times he failed. Thousands of times. Yeah. But he held on to that vision and dream. And that's, that's the hardest thing for us. And we can only do it if we, A, we have a really, if it's a, if, if it's a fantasy goal. Mm-hmm. Not something we think we can do or know how to do. Because when we hit a bump in the road with those goals, we turn to something else. And that's another reason we don't get what we want because we, we think one minute I want to do this and then, then we hit a bump in the road and say, well, maybe that was bad thinking, I'll do this. Yeah. So it's connecting to what we really want and then, then the desire to do it pulls us in the direction of it and the obstacles, was it Napoleon that said, uh, I see only the objective, the obstacles must give way. Yeah. I don't know if it was Napoleon or whether I'm misquoting, but... Um, if we've got a strong enough compelling vision of our future and a desire and a goal, mm-hmm. the obstacles do give way. And also the universe conspires to bring people into our life that are conducive to helping us support our our objective. Because we're open. We're open to it. We're open. And then when we understand all this this thing that we call air, you know, the ether, there's an, it's a universal intelligence that matches up like-minded energy. So when we, when we shift our... Our feelings, and our a feeling is just a word we've invented to describe our conscious awareness of the vibrational state we're in. Mm-hmm. We very, you very rarely see someone bouncing along the road with a skip in their step and say, oh, he's depressed. Yeah. Someone who's depressed versus someone who's full of the joys of spring, they, they, you can see that they're, they're vibrating at a different rate. They're vi- different vibrations. So yeah. when, when we shift ourselves into, onto a different frequency of feeling... Mm-hmm. We come into harmony with other things that are in harmony with that. Now, people might say, well, that's just the law of attraction and that's nonsense. And it, it is the law of attraction. The law of attraction is a secondary law. The law of vibration is, is where it's at. But people who dismiss it 
are, are ignorant of it. We, we learn about the law of gravity at school. Mm-hmm. I, I know that if I drop this coffee cup, it's going to hit the floor. If you drop your coffee cup, it's going to hit the floor. Please don't. It's my nice word in China. <laughs> I'm enjoying the coffee. <laughs> um, but there are, there are other primary laws at play all the time that yeah. we're never taught about at school. So therefore, we dismiss them as, as I used to, you know, spiritual woo-woo and all the rest of it. You know, the law of cause and effect being one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we dismiss them because we don't understand them. And, yeah. and yet they are influencing our lives at all times in the same way as law of gravity is. But, um, and it's as you're saying, it's these beliefs and these this program and, and people. Oh, this is all rubbish, and it could just be your mother talking through you or someone. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. What about people with faith? Christians, Muslims, could could they do this course like and and refer it to 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 their God over the universe? Absolutely. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it, you know, religion and. Uh, God and the universe and um, however we want to term it, uh, ab- absolutely. You know, faith is a, faith can come from wherever we want it to come. I'm I'm not religious. I'm, I'm spiritual. I believe in a higher power, mm-hmm. but I, I don't I don't label it. Um, yeah. You so, just feel it. Yeah, and I, and I seek to live in faith. It's not always easy. You know, I'm not I'm not professing to be some kind of. Um, uh, I'm not the Dalai Lama. I don't. But you know, he would also be. In fact. Uh, Someone was telling me the other day that they, who had met the Dalai Lama and he said, what, what, why Buddhism versus uh, some other religion? He said, it's got nothing to do with Buddhism, really. It's about, you know, it's about how I feel. It's about, it's about living in faith. Um, Sometimes the term religion can really put people off. Yeah. It's not, do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, I think that's mostly human, you know, it's behaviours, it's conflict. It's yeah. you know, not in these happy love joy i always think of the bible the fruits of the spirit it talks about love joy peace you know all these things if we could be living in that state yeah that's as close as to god absolutely absolutely because we're only human exactly yeah yeah only only we're not oh yeah i know i was just i just had a a thought there um but we are we yeah we live it we live we live in the world we live in on a physical plane, and uh, it's a limiting but, belief that, wasn't it? But we have the <laughs> we have the ability to, you know, you can choose to think of yourself as a New York Times bestselling author, yeah. and what, why, why not? Yeah. Because before somebody becomes a New York bestselling author, they're not. Yeah. So why not you? You know, it's 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 only our beliefs that get in the way of that. You can you can attach to vision. It's the challenge like staying attached to that vision staying connected isn't it and just staying focused on it but yeah. that is I, so is that why the training is it six months it's a 24 week program the 12 modules yeah and okay. step by step through uh, module one uh, two weeks on each module sometimes okay. people take a bit longer on the front end working out what they really want mm-hmm. um and i coach them to a place of understanding and it's it's living our life by design most people live their life or look at where they'd like to go based on where they're at. Yeah. Whereas my encouragement would be sit down with a blank sheet of paper and say, how would I really like to live? You know, yeah. what kind of house would I like to live in? How many holidays a year would I like to take? Or do I want to fly at the front end of the plane or the back end of the plane? What, you know, what hotels do I want to live in? Allow ourselves to fantasize, to get out of our own ways long enough to really connect with how we want to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we may want to add that up and look at what, what would that, what would that involve? What would that take? And that's where we give ourselves a fright. 
but if mean we, income or potentially income or you know what would that what would that take in terms of yeah annual income or or whatever but uh if we design our lives for how we'd like to live rather than what we believe is possible or think is possible mm-hmm. if we can just get out of our own way long enough to do that mm-hmm. then the rest of the process is is simple and straightforward it's not necessarily easy because we've got to overcome years of conditioning but it's a proven process um because our minds all work in the same way yeah we're so similar we're we're all the same it's just the behavior that's different because of our programming and conditioning so change the conditioning and you change the behavior and therefore the results powerful stuff um you've definitely got me very intrigued and then a limiting belief would be like oh i I want scott and i to to both do this course but we couldn't afford it right now or I couldn't talk him yeah. into doing it <laughs> uh, yeah exactly yeah uh, and that's the other thing that uh, I had a chat with someone the other day about was decisions mm-hmm. um, when I first started working with Bob you know he was talking about I was talking about a new car that I wanted to buy and he said and I said well, I just I can't afford it at the moment and he said why why are you talking why are you putting you can't afford it in front of the decision he said because the money doesn't matter until you've made the decision and I said, well, it must matter because I can't make the decision to buy the car if I haven't got the money or if I can't afford it. And he said, no, you've got it. It's completely the wrong way around. And sadly, that's how most people live their lives. The money doesn't, if you haven't made the decision to buy it, why would you be worrying about the money? He said, make the decision to buy it. And by that, a committed decision, you are going to buy that car. You are going to have that car. You're going to be driving that car. And, and then work out how to get the money to get the car. But don't bother worrying about the money until you've made the decision. It's a bit like goal setting. Why would you worry about whether you're going to be a New York Times bestselling author until you've made that committed decision in your own mind and, th- and then make it happen? Mm, powerful. Um, and yet we put, we put all the obstacles in the way of the decision. Yeah. Or we say, I'm going to do this. And then we wake up on the Monday morning and say, well, maybe, maybe when the kids are yeah. out of school or... Yeah, I say yeah. that all the time. I'm just waiting until Charlie starts because... Yeah. Because, but well, yeah, so many reasons. And yet, and yet, well, if we can get connected to the decision to become our New York Times bestseller, if we can connect to that vision, and we say, right, I'm going to make that happen, mm-hmm. then we move, we shift our frequency of thought up to being in harmony with that outcome, mm-hmm. and we start to get furnished with thoughts of how. Mm-hmm. So you know, if I said to you just now, Joe, radio, would you agree that you can't listen to Radio One if you're tuned into Radio Four? And you can't listen to Radio 4 if you tuned into Radio 1. Mm-hmm. However, Radio 1 and Radio 4 are both in the room with us right now. We just can't hear it because we don't have a receiver set to tune in. Yeah. But in the same way that we can't, we, can't, uh, we can't tune in to the idea of earning a million pounds a year mm-hmm. if we're tuned into thoughts that are, if we're tuned into where we're currently at. Yeah. And that's the challenge. We're bombarded with our current reality and our current results and whatever we're currently earning and the size of our mortgage. And most people look at the results and that drives their thinking and that drives their emotions and drives their behavior. And the, so they go around. And the trick is to shift the thinking into being aligned with the goal. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, the thoughts that are in harmony with the achievement of that goal come to us in the same way that they did for JFK or the Wright Brothers. Or We don't need to know how. That's just... a we're just conditioned to believe that we do. And, that's... and can people use this for every area of their life? So their health, their weight, their career, their relationships? Anything at all, yeah. 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 So once you've, once you've been trained, once you've... Once you understand how, how our minds work, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's, 
it's not advisable to try and shift everything. You know, often we want to revolutionize our whole life. We say, well, I want to quadruple my income, lose three stone in weight, uh, have a better relationship. People want to, you know, they want to be conditioned to, and we're, we're marketed to on, a, on an overnight basis, aren't we? Yeah. You know, everybody out there is saying you can transform yourself or your results tomorrow or the next day. You know, change is a process rather than an event. Yeah. But uh, so it's... Um, you know, one thing at a time. But when you understand how it works, you can apply it to anything. Oh, goodness. It's powerful stuff. So do you do a mixture of, is it just lots of exercises and techniques and seminars and stuff? Yeah, so there are, there are 12 modules, 12 lessons, um, and it's delivered through an online platform. Where I come in is I run a group coaching call once a week. Yeah. Uh, some people choose to remain anonymous, work with some reasonably high-profile figures or people that, consider themselves fairly well known in certainly in and around Edinburgh um, who don't want anyone else to know they're on the program and that's that's great Um, but also I make myself available to my clients so they can phone me email me text me and say you know can you help me answer this question so on and so forth but it's a it's an online platform and it's done we're, we're reprogramming our subconscious in the same way that it was programmed in the first place through a process of spaced repetition we can we can get programmed through emotional impact, yeah. but it's much harder to get an emotional impact in our adult life that supports us positively. Normally, emotional impacts are negative, so yeah. it's through a process of space repetition. But it's twelve modules, starting with what do you want, then it's I don't, there's probably no need to go into the detail of it. But you know how to close the gap between what we know and what we consistently do, because that's that's a big one for all of us. Oh. We know how to do so much better than we're doing, and yet why is it we're not doing it? Yes. Yeah. Um, or we're locked into doing certain things in a certain way and although we sit with a glass of wine on a Friday night or whatever and think next week's the week I'm going to do things differently, I'm not going to do this and I'm going to do this instead and then we come out the following Friday and we think, what happened there? That, happened? that was another week of the same. Yes. Because we're on autopilot. Yeah. Have you ever had someone go through the course and it didn't work for them? No, I've had people go th- be in the course and phone me up and say, this is not working for me. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll say you will have a conversation. I'll say, "Have you been doing the? Have you been doing the work?" And they say, "No." I say, "Well, that's that's why it's not working." Yeah. Uh, and that's where I come in. You know, get the wheels back on the wagon and hold them accountable. Connect them back to the reason they're doing it, because it's a bit like going to the. You know, the, we have a vision for losing weight, and we decide that part of the strategy is perhaps is going to the gym. And but if we don't get out of the car and in the at the gym, then we're probably not going to get the results. So, and mental work is. We're not used to it, you know, as Bob said to me when I first met him, um, he said mental activity does not constitute thinking. Most people go through life without ever thinking and I thought that was rubbish but actually I've come to realise that's true and that was true of me. I'd run successful business but I never really thought, I was just thinking one step ahead of myself or I never really understood my mental faculties. I never understood how to use my imagination. Wow. I used to conjure images of stuff that I didn't want to happen in my life or that I was fearful of happening or worry about stuff you know fear worry doubt anxiety depression all of that so um wow so it's been life-changing for you completely yeah completely uh you know and again it's a process I think people used to say to me oh everything happens for a reason and you look back and you'll understand that one day and I kind of in the moment I didn't when I was at my lowest I really didn't understand that but I look back now and I think all, all of the all of the books that I read and all of the experiences equipped me now to be more able to support my clients. You know, I've got a better understanding of 
some of the challenges we have. And don't get me wrong, I, I've had a I've had a very privileged life, really, and I I I, I, lead, I now lead an enchanted life. But I, like any of us, it's so easy to get twisted out of shape and mm. uh, emotionally attached to thinking that doesn't support us to feel as we want to feel. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. If only there was a magic button. But I guess yeah. if people are are going to do something like this, you have to commit, don't you? Yeah, and actually, I don't. I don't take people on if they're not really attached to wanting to change. How uh, do you know if someone's ready to to go on a you know a mindset uh, roller coaster? <laughs> yeah. Well, first thing, sit sit down and have a conversation. There, are, there. Are, I met someone the other day who said. Uh, and I wasn't meeting him in the context of, but we got chatting about what I do, and uh, they said I, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any wants or desires. Now I don't necessarily believe that, but they were adamant that happy. they were happy enough, and that's okay. I'm never, I'm never trying to sell to someone. I'll be selling yeah. for someone if, if anything. But yeah. um, people have got to be committed. But within a few days, uh, people are generally got an understanding of the, lots of aha moments in the first week where you think, ah, oh, right, okay, now I, now I understand why life has been as it is or why mm. I've been operating as I am and, and so on. So, uh, we're yeah. com- well, I'm, I'm, everything I say now, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Sorry I'm about that. Say we're complicated well, beings, well, we but are, yeah. I'm like, right, it's, <laughs> I'm kind of rolling with you. Uh, I'm thinking a lot more about my subconscious mind. <laughs> Unless about the podcast. <laughs> Uh, well, that's the, good though. The cause... human condition, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? It's really amazing. Um, and you're going to be writing a, a book, spending some time. That's your kind of. I, I am, yeah, and that's been in, that's been on my kind of wish list for some time, but I've never really committed to it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I've had any number of false starts, and they say everybody's got a book within them, and of course, you've written written, written a book, Joe, so you'll know the the process, but. I've had a number of false starts, and I've got so far in, often quite far in, and then I've had a, a you know, got distracted, or I've thought, well, I perhaps should be doing this instead, and so on and so forth. But uh, I'm now clear in my mind. I've got a, a vision for the. I've got an outline of the a framework for the book, and I'm going to get cracking with that and get that done. Yeah. So will you use this process to to make the book a success? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. exciting! Well, I don't, I, I, I'm not. Funny enough, I'm not. I'm not really attached to. I haven't got a vision of being a New York Times bestseller. I've just got a vision of the book helping a load of people. So Yeah. Um, it's probably a better vision to have, though. That was just an example I think of because, you know, you hear people talking about it. Um, so that comes back to what you really, really want. Because why do you want that title? Or do you just want to... Well, I think it's a great aspiration because by definition, if you're a New York Times bestseller, you'll help, you'll, you'll help a load more people, won't you? Yeah. So maybe, maybe I should... Um... <laughs> I should get up there on that level with you. We could become, we could become New York Times bestsellers together. Yeah, 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 we'll have a party to celebrate. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, it's amazing. Oh, well, looking forward to seeing what comes of it. And, um, you know, I've put your details on this. If anyone wants to contact, and I'll tag you. Um, So, music-wise, tell me what song you'd like to sing and why. Yeah, so um, I, I'm no singer, and uh, I'm not. I'm not even confident that I know the lyrics. But uh, the song, when you asked me uh, the question, the song that springs to mind for me or sprang to mind was "Here Comes the Sun." Jane. George Harrison wrote for the Beatles, um, and 
I hadn't, prior to you asking me, I hadn't considered that to be my favourite song really, but it's a song that resonates for me because for such a long period of my life, I was unable to really see the sun in my life. And I, I mean that kind of metaphorically, see some of the the good that was already in my life. I was so attached to what was wrong with mm-hmm. me and my life and all the rest of it. And actually, I had so much to be grateful for. I, you know, gen, genuinely uh, had quite an amazing life, got three amazing children and so on. But it was, I was just in the dark. So that was a song that when I started to feel a bit better really resonated with me. And you know, it's, I think it's just a, it's a very, um, what's the word? A very, a very healthy thing to seek to do is to to look for the good in our lives, mm-hmm. to be grateful for all that all that is and all that's coming to us, and rather than being focused on you know what's wrong or what's not as we would like it to be or so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's the reason, I guess. Powerful stuff. Powerful. Well, thank you so much. Let's um, let's get the tunes on and have some fun. And um, it's been really, really interesting. I'm certainly intrigued and some really good food for thought as well. So thank you so much. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. So Rob requested Here Comes the Sun and we had the most amazing time singing it together. And the sun came out. Um, the only issue was I put the recorder far too close to the screen so the feedback isn't great but thankfully I still have the videos so I'm going to put them on my blog mummyjojo.com and you can see Rob singing and us having so much fun um, to Here Comes the Sun and I say it's alright great song choice little darling it's been a long cold lonely winter Little darling, it feels like years since it's been here. You may feel the same if you're living in Scotland. The sun, here comes the sun, and I say it's alright. Little darling, their smiles returning to their faces Little darling, it seems like years since it's been here Here comes the sun Here comes the sun And I say, it's alright We really enjoyed singing this bit as the sun shone through the glass I'm so glad I've still got the videos because Rob was brilliant and uh, such a good sport. So sometimes technology lets us down, sometimes I screw up because I hate technology but I'm just doing what I can. Um, But Rob was great so I'll post his two videos in an article that I'm putting live on Monday uh, which is tomorrow. Is it the 16th? trying to think what date we're on now. Sun, 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 here we come. So yeah, um, I'll put that live. Tune in, guys. Thanks for being here today. It's been really, really wonderful to have you here. That was quite quite a lot to take in, wasn't it? I, yeah, really had me. If it's all about our subconscious mind, right, then we have got a lot of work to do. 
Um, and it makes a lot of sense about why some of us cannot shift habits, you know. It's, you know, there's a, a deeper thing there, isn't there? And whether you believe in God or you don't, um, it will, you know, depend how you... There's a lot of chat about the universe. I believe in God personally. Um, and I think it's such a, you know, what, what Rob was saying about us being spiritual beings, having a physical experience. I think that's really powerful, actually. Um, and I really love his words, I was a human doing, not a human being. That's just magic. Um, so, guys, thanks for being here. Thank you, Rob. Um, and check out the blog, mummyjojo.com. I'll pine it at the top post. Thank you. Mwah.